it's me, Jack Sislak, and this is Radical Transparency, the SciSense podcast, where we talk about the latest and greatest in analytics, BI, and data, so you don't have to. No, you can if you want. I'm joined here today by Christina Karchik and Paulina Cortez from the SciSense HR department, and they're going to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what they do here, and then we're going to get right into some questions. How's that sound? All right, we get a thumbs up over here. Great. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christina. Um, I head up HR for the U.S. here at SciSense. Um, I come with a very diverse background, um, had the opportunity to really focus on many disciplines within HR, and honestly, analytics is always at the heart of everything, so really excited to start talking about this. Hi, my name is Paulina. I am the People Operations Lead here at SciSense. I'm responsible for managing all of our HR systems. Uh, those systems range anywhere from compensation and benefits to recruitment to employee engagement. Um, these systems house a lot of data, um, and that data helps us here at SciSense track KPIs and essentially drive our business decisions. Hey, all right. Well, it's really great to be sitting down here and chatting with you both. Let's just jump into these questions. How's that sound? Good? Everybody's Sounds on board? Good. Awesome. So right off the bat, what kind of data are HR teams using today? Like what are the important metrics that you look for and where does that data come from? Like I know we've got all those recruiting platforms and LinkedIn and stuff. Walk us through it. Walk our, reader, our listeners through it. They're not reading, they're listening. So specifically for recruitment, like you mentioned, um, yes, we do use LinkedIn. We also use Comeet, which is our ATS, our applicant tracking system. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a lot more metrics that go into the recruitment. So we're looking at time to hire. We're looking at offer rejections. We're mm -hmm. looking at uh, sourcing and what's costing our company to for those sources, if that makes sense. Um, Right, like when you put out advertising or something to try to exactly. get a new recruit, yeah, that's that's how much it costs. Is, exactly. Or in, if we're using an agency because it's mm. a specific uh, type of hire that might be a little bit difficult, we True. need to get somebody on that, it's going to be a cost. Um, so that's something that we definitely want to be able to track. Awesome. Moving on here. So the system, so you, you are analyzing these different bits of HR information. So what are they and like why do they matter why are we talking about this right now what's the big deal about hr analytics so th there's two parts to that question right what are they um we want to look at mm -hmm. growth we want to look at attrition we're looking at sales performance mm -hmm. we're a sales organization right and utilizing salesforce for that so that's another system we use gotcha. we're looking at diversity our ethnicity our gender mm -hmm. ensuring that our practices are attracting a diverse talent pool, but in addition, are we retaining? So mm -hmm. that's another key piece. Um, employee engagement, and we do this through CultureAmp. Leadership engagement, CultureAmp, that's mm -hmm. a huge part. You know, how are our leaders performing? Ensuring that we're measuring that as well. Um, in addition, when they leave our organization, why are they leaving? You know, making sure that we stay, we keep a really tight pulse on the organization mm -hmm. so that hey, things go wrong, and when they do go wrong, we can quickly jump in and hopefully address then there's also onboarding. How did yep. the onboarding process go? How are we as HR performing, right? And totally. making sure that, that that's reflected. Um, the second part of your question, we use people analytics to monitor our performance, mm -hmm. people, and more importantly, used to provide insight into organizational performance and engagement. Mm. I really feel when used, the data can be very powerful and critical, especially for larger organizations uh -huh. where it's really hard to have that true person on the ground understanding what's going on, on you know, within your foundation. Um, it provides an area of opportunity to be able to keep a pulse on the organization while scaling. So yeah. that's really huge, especially for startups, right? Recruitment, for example, ensuring you're hiring in the right mix at the right time mm -hmm. with the right skill set. 
Um, mix includes everything from gender, ethnicity, generational. Mm -hmm. We forget that people from different generations bring a different thought process, right? So that's just as critical as the others. Skill setting and sourcing, employee, and when we talk about sourcing, adding to what Paulina said, you mm -hmm. know, ensuring that we have the right mix of yep. referrals, agencies, direct hires. So mm -hmm. monitoring that cost and ensuring that the mix is correct because sure. too much of anything is never good. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you're spending too much money putting out all these ads and then you're not really getting people from that channel or you're spending a lot of time spending a lot of time and money on recruiters and they're not returning what you need then you can figure out you know oh we're, we're putting too many resources in this direction it's so true mm -hmm. and you know what people t often don't think about is employee referrals no oh, totally they're so key yeah but too much of it you can actually have a negative consequence right. because you're selecting one type of person and their network. So those are those are sometimes things that we don't think about, but making sure everything in moderation and ensuring the balance is right and you're retaining them. Yeah, yeah. You you know you want to you want to work with your friends and all, but yeah, you can't have it be way. Oh, these are, everybody here is Steve's friend. It's all just <laughs> this one guy is the center of a massive hiring network. Let's go back to culture amp real quick because that's really interesting because you were saying about sort of like how we're doing as an organization. And culture is one of those like sort of hard to measure kind of things, right? I don't really believe that. Okay. Um, and I think if it's done effectively, uh -huh. like for example, with Culture Amp, there's a couple of things. Number one, you do your employee survey more than once a year, so okay. you do it semi-annual. Number two, which is critical, mm -hmm. you actually report on the results and you take action. Cool. So there has to be a real clear action plan. As a result, we have 95%, right, Paulina? 95% mm -hmm. um, of our employees participate in these surveys. That wow. is, yeah, and I, I can say I've done this a long time and I've done this in different organizations. Uh -huh. That's the highest percentage. <laughs> but you have to create action items. People have to understand that they're going to be spending this time, but they're going to be receiving something, right? Yeah. And that their voice is being heard. And that's really how you measure the, the culture. And totally. With the right questions, everything can be measured <laughs> <laughs> well that's that could be on the size sense banner when you walk in here that's that's really true that people need to feel like their action of filling out the survey isn't just going into a void or into like a hollow report it's like hey look what we did and like no then yeah what's the result of that what are we doing as an organization that's meeting these people's needs you know we're here in the we're, we're recording from the meditation room <laughs> oh what do people need people need a place to decompress and relax and record podcasts like <laughs> What can we as an organization do to, to help you with that? That's cool. So, all right. So, this is kind of a, a really leading question. Is this a new trend or has this been going on for a while? <laughs> this is definitely not a new trend. Uh -huh. um, but I do think for our particular industry, that being HR mm -hmm. people, um, it's picking up steam and people are really seeing the value in it. Um, I think previously you could go by, like say for example, being an HR business partner, you could go without knowing your data and knowing your numbers. Mm -hmm. Now I think it would be pre pretty foolish. And at the end of the day, if you want a seat at that table, you you better know your numbers because the executives don't want to hear about Sally and Joe fighting. Uh -huh. They want to know real data like, okay, how is my, my organization performing? How are your initiatives performing? And at the end of the day, what's going on? Give them a true picture of what's happening within their organizations. I think that's critical and that gets you a seat at the table. That's really that's really cool. Yeah, I think something... You know, we, we know we live in a world of data. Everything is being measured today. We're never going to – that genie's out of the bottle. That's never going to go the other way. And so in bigger – in any organization, but especially as organizations scale and they get larger, you know, the, the C-suite knows that this information exists. 
and they were relying on not just the sales team to produce, oh, how much revenue did you bring in? That's a number everybody can point to and say, like, well, revenue is going up. That's good. And then HR needs to also have something to talk about that is connected to numbers that's going to indicate, you know, how important what you do is. And it's because it is important. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, it if you don't mind me continuing. I, got, I, I, not, I, wish you, I wish you would. <laughs> As you said, I mean, it's really, we have such a key role to play where we really can provide real information that's critical. Mm -hmm. um, and then, it, honestly, you can absolutely tie it back to the ROI. And that's what's most important, right? Yeah, well, you know, if you want to keep the business running, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, we talk about, like, you know, friendship and personal fulfillment. Yes, you know, money <laughs> at the end of the day does keep the lights on. Let us continue keeping the lights on here with this podcast. So we talked a lot about the types of data you're bringing in and, like, you know, how important HR analytics is. So what kind of analytics are you using right now to do your job? So what's going into your reports and stuff like that? Great. Well, we use it for many different purposes. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll give you a couple of exa examples. Do it, please. Um, first, there are sales. Mm -hmm. So HR business partners can absolutely use the analytics, and we use them here all the time, mm -hmm. to help monitor the performance of the teams mm -hmm. and ensuring that performance coaching is happening prior to something failing. Totally. You know, really keeping, again, it goes back to keeping a pulse on the organization, mm -hmm. and that's how we can really provide value. We also, like I was speaking about before, we use semi-annual employee engagement survey to monitor employee engagement mm -hmm. and leadership effectiveness, which is really critical, right? It starts to give us insight as to like, all right, is there something going on here? Is there a leadership issue? Mm -hmm. There is a leadership issue. All right, let's jump in. Let's provide coaching. What, is, what are the issues? And typically this will give us the deep dive that we need. And in a smaller organization like Sisons, we're fortunate. We can be on the ground. Yep. So if we see it, we can get on the ground, really talk to people, understand. Yeah. Larger organization, it's hard. So this is even more critical because you need this to be able to say, oh, man, here's a problem. Let's jump in and see what's going on and correct it. Redirect at that mm -hmm. pivotal moment before it becomes too too big of an issue that there's no addressing it. And then it leads to termination. And that's really what you want to prevent, right? I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, It really sounds, even just this early in the conversation, it totally sounds like you view yourselves, you view HR as kind of the immune system of the company that's always like, oh, you know, size sense is a little, a, little, a little warm today. What's going on? Like, let's put the that. hand against the head. Like, oh, man. Uh, okay, well, we got to talk to these SDRs or whomever. Like, just all our SDRs are great. But you got to talk to whomever. And I, I like that we were talking about, like, coaching, doing things preventatively, being very proactive. I think a lot of people tend to think of HR as a reactive force, like, oh, we need to grow, we need to hire more people, so you go do this, or we need a new VP of whatever, like, go find me this person, when instead you're saying, like, no, no, there's a lot we can do day to day to help help out. There absolutely is, and when we're included in the thought process beforehand, mm -hmm. we really have an opportunity to truly impact and be strategic about the outcome, as opposed to, like you said, okay, now you have 70 people, go hire. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we want to hire the best of the best. Totally. What is our strategy? Yeah. Going? How are we going to ensure that we're diversifying as we hire? Right. Like, those are key elements, right? And they take a very tactical approach. Sure. And you want a, a thought out approach. I shouldn't say tactical, but more thought out approach and ensuring that we're also going after the right avenues yeah. and we're creating a strong employment brand as we do it. And at the same time, going back to like what you originally said about this um, podcast, being transparent, being open and honest about who we are, right? That's so, cool. But it, it really does. It, it comes down to, you know, just being part of the planning because what you yeah. said is so critical. It's being proactive, mm -hmm. not reactive. That's where we can have the biggest impact and truly, truly, you know, that's where we can count our ROI on cool. the business. 
No, yeah, it sounds like HR analytics really help you with that. And so you're talking about being proactive. You're talking about heading things off before they become a problem. Let's talk about this is a pretty topical issue, I think. Let's talk pay parity. And it seems like this is a place HR analysts can really help a company. So let's talk about this and maybe some any other kind of HR hurdles that analytics have helped or are helping to solve either here or you think in, like in the industry, especially the tech world or, or wherever, wherever the conversation goes. No, I, I think that is huge, and it's really, really critical now, mm -hmm. whether it be for legislation or just because you want to do the right thing, which I'm hoping most people right. want to do the right thing. <laughs> hey, there's always hope for the world. Yeah, let's do, let's do the right thing, people. Okay, continue. But there are so many areas where you can actually get that information to understand, okay, what are these roles paying? I think what's critical for an organization is to come in, even if you're a startup, come in really structured. All right, these are the particular roles that we're hiring for. This is going to be the job bend. It's not about what they were previously making. It's about what is this job paying in the market and we're going to pay you comparable. What's fair. Exactly. What's right. Yeah. And, you know, always taking into account when you have that star potential, enter the organization and potentially enter and um, offering more and having mm -hmm. some flexibility. Mm -hmm. But it's some flexibility, right? And just ensuring that you monitor that on a constant basis. And that's bigger than just when they enter. It's also when you do the merit cycle. You know, mm -hmm. there was a lot of time spent here by our team um, here in HR analyzing the result of our cycle okay mm -hmm. what is the pay parity how many females how many males mm -hmm. making sure that you, you just got to constantly utilize those um, analytics to ensure that it is a fair and just process That's and cool. that no unconscious biases creep in <laughs> keep those out <laughs> no I, absolutely unconscious biases are something that the right type of analytical system and the right use of metrics can't 100% solve for, but at least if you're looking at numbers, they say the numbers don't lie, and they totally do at times, <laughs> but at least you're you're knowing that you're looking for these things so you can hopefully be that much more mindful when you're, you're looking at stuff. Absolutely. All right, so we solved pay parity. That's good. Moving on. We'll have lunch later. <laughs> All right. How do you think HR analytics is changing the hiring arms rate? So you talked about the pay parity. I think that's really good when you're, you know, that's a huge part of getting hired. Hey, how, how much are you paying me? have to pay my bills. But in terms of like how employers find and recruit and retain talent, we talked a little bit before about making sure you're not spending too much on ads for roles or going solely for recruiters or whatever. How are H how is HR analytics changing like the whole process? Well, it's definitely changing the whole process. I mean, your systems now that you utilized previously, like LinkedIn, you now have the ability to also get analytics from them. Mm -hmm. Get analytics on your competitor. Mm -hmm. How many, what, mm. what does your population look like? Where are they coming from? What does your competitor's population look like? How are they growing? Mm -hmm. These were all analytics that we previously didn't have access sure. to. And now some of them are free. Some <laughs> of them you have to pay for. Um, you're, again, like I was saying previously, you also have the opportunity to monitor your own performance and, you you know, the, the cost of that and what is the performance. So, like, for example, we recently, I think it was about nine months ago, we did ads with um, LinkedIn. We did paid ads, and then we looked at the analytics afterwards. Okay, what is the benefit here? Was there a cost benefit? Um, we also built in NYC is one of the partners mm -hmm. that we utilize. And honestly, we've had a great return on investment. And more importantly, it's actually proven to acquire a lot of diversity talent, which is exciting. So just looking at those things, now we even, I mean, to show how much it changes, like, we, uh, as we build our employment brand and put things out on mm -hmm. LinkedIn, we're constantly monitoring each of those posts and how well <laughs> they did. You know, how many views did they get? And maybe we shouldn't do that. And that's really dictating our direction and which way we go. 
Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, being on the marketing team here, I know all about monitoring <laughs> social media and your posts and everything. But you, you talked about this a couple times already. I just wanted to, to highlight it a little bit. You talked about having an employment brand. That's critical. Okay. Well, talk. Give us a give us a moment or two on that, real quick, please. Yeah. Well, actually, um, we just started partnering with someone who's helping us really refine it. Um, but it's what's really interesting is is that so far what we've done is actually a, more of what we will be doing on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. Our focus in the past year has really just been to do an outreach put who we are out there. It's a very genuine approach. Um, But the team has been really, really mindful of trying to get some type of content out there that's relevant, that's of interest. You know, at least a couple of times a month. And some of the people on the team have written things, Mm -hmm. um, shared insight. A lot of the pictures, oftentimes they're goofy, but that's who we are. It's representative, (laughs) right? And um, it really has helped us. And now this year, we're really taking it to the next level with our partnership. So there's more to come. (laughs) Hey, all right. So yeah. That's just, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking about, you know, companies you've worked for before and who are they in the public world and does that align with your experience working there? That's your hiring brand. Like that's how, how does this company present themselves? Do they look like a fun place to work and then you get there and it's totally miserable? Do they look kind of boring on the outside and then you get there it's like, oh, everybody's having a pretty good time. Like, you know, let's, let's put that out there. It's so true. <laughs> what we ended up seeing as a result of it is people coming to us saying, I want to work at Sisense. Like, Neat. I see what you're putting out there. Because the reality is, is that every culture is not going to be for everybody, no. right? No. And there are things that make us amazing. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that might see that as challenges. So it's cool to have an avenue to say, hey, this is who we are. And if you love it, yeah, exactly. hit me up. Yeah, you totally. <laughs> awesome. All right, so let's flip that around. How are applicants, so this is actually, this feeds in really well, how are applicants adapting to the new role that analytics and HR play in the hiring process? Oh, they are ridiculously <laughs> smart. I love it. Um, They're learning. They are. I mean, it's all about It's like networking. Jurassic Park where the dinosaurs are getting too smart. It's so true. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, if you're going to sit there and just sit behind your desk and apply, 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 mm-hmm. it's not going to get you no. where you want to be. Agreed. You know, you have to research the company. Like you said, it goes back to understanding what they're about and is that mm-hmm. a match for me? Secondarily, reaching out to people that are there, putting your application through and then reaching out to the appropriate people, whether it be trying to figure out who the hiring manager is, yes. Recruiter, the head of HR, get get your name out there. That's right. how you move to the top of the list. And so many of them are so smart utilizing that. Totally. So it's a real combination of analytics and data, but then also that human connection, yeah. where it's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna analyze this company and figure out, oh, okay, this is the head of HR, or try to find it. You know, okay, this is their naming convention for their email. So it's probably like first initial, last <laughs> name. I'll just send a couple emails, just see if any of them come <laughs> back. You know, oh, it hit, great. Well, and you know what? It's so funny. If you go to meetups, uh-huh. majority of the time, anybody will tell you if you reach out to someone genuinely sure. on LinkedIn, yeah. they're going to reply back and they're yeah. going to try to help you out. Totally. It's, and, and when you make that connection one human to another, people, they, they know it's a giant social network. They know it's a numbers game. But at the same time, if you make the right connection with the right person, they will, they'll feel something. Absolutely. Totally. So we talked a lot before about the HR team being the immune system of the, of the company. Let's talk more about like being proactive and sort of talking about where HR analytics fit in with an employee's career path. So like, you know, what tells you, what tells you it's time to promote somebody or, or where do these come into like the whole larger process of a person's career? 
So there, there, here at Sysense, there are a couple of things that we utilize. Um, we do have an employee feedback process that happens semi-annually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we really collect, you know, what's going well, what are the areas um, of opportunity for employee, what are they looking mm-hmm. for. There are some questions there that allow us to understand from the employee's perspective where they currently stand. Um, and Paulina can absolutely speak more to that, the it's pretty cool, right? How and I'll I'll hand it over to you, like how it actually maps out where where they are in the sense of are they engaged or are they disengaged? Yeah. So um, just to go a little bit over that, so it's what we call it here at SciSense. It's called Talk Growth. Um, oh right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we do that semi annually. Wait, hold on. Just tell our, tell our listeners what Talk Growth is, because I I think it's, as a writer and a person who's like all about words and stuff, I think Talk Growth is really cool. So sure, go, sure. go on. Um, so Talk Growth is basically just having that opportunity to sit and talk with your manager. Um, it's it's very informal. Um, mm-hmm. You have a list of questions um, asking you, you know, how you're feeling, what your what you thought your goals were, what goals you thought that you met, mm-hmm. um, what, what are your areas of strengths, your weaknesses, yeah. um, just very simple questions. Yeah. And where do you uh, think you're going? Exactly. And yeah. then wh- where do you see yourself? What's you, what do you think your career path is here? What would you like to see of yourself? Um, and then on the flip side, it's basically the same questions for the manager. Yeah. So once you're filling that out, your managers are going to also going to be filling out the same questions, um, you know, what they think that you really improved on from the last six months that you spoke, um, where they see your career development, and then when you're actually going and having that meeting together, mm-hmm. um, bringing that information with you and seeing where you aligned, where are you not aligned, and how can you get aligned if you're not. Totally. Um, so, yeah, that's talk growth here at SciSense. Yeah, awesome. So and then you were going to tie, tie that in with analytics and metrics yes. and stuff. Yes. Um, so, so that's what, the human side, yes. and then there's the number side. So we do use a system for this, and it's called Bamboo HR. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do is there are two questions, two engagement questions that the employee answers and two engagement questions that the um, manager answers. And it basically puts you on a plot, and it says whether this person is engaged, whether they're not engaged, and whether their manager thinks they're a rock star or they're achieving or, you know, they're kind of just checked out. Um, So it's just a really Mm -hmm. good way to see where all of our people lie on this plot. Do you want to add that we basically would look at the results to understand, like, who might be at risk? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, Yeah, so tell tell us about that. Tell us about people who might be at risk or or what these metrics tell us. So, yeah, the metrics definitely do tell you. There's also um, a plot that says if this person is at risk because they're Mm -hmm. disengaged and they're just not achieving anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that's definitely a conversation that our HR business partner is going to have with that manager and with the employee to figure Mm -hmm. out at the end of the day, you know, what's going on here. Yeah. Um, So it is a way of being more... And from a, from a growth perspective, um, it also gives us an indication if somebody is a high, like, you know, high potential mm-hmm. employee and now they're disengaged, okay, what's going on here? And dig, dig a little deeper. And sometimes yeah. it's because they're ready for that next opportunity and they're not getting the perspective from their manager. What, where are they going? So it gives us an area to say, oh, let's not lose them. Let's jump in and figure out, are they re- ready for the next opportunity? And if they are, great, let's get that for them. Yeah, totally. There are, there are a number of reasons people check out at work, as, as anybody who's had a job will tell you. <laughs> but yeah, I like that what you're saying. You know, there's a, there's a, could be a positive reason why somebody is not, you know, as happy as they might be because, yeah, they're looking for the next challenge or you know, maybe they came in really gunning for whatever, you know, going up to the next level in their career or whatever. And then for whatever, they sort of fell by the wayside and then like, oh, right, we can pick that up. 
and then get this person engaged again, and you've got, boom, you got a high performer again. Exactly. Yeah. And then another way we also monitor the performance and ensure growth potential is with our STR, BDRs, um, as well right. as sales. We the backbone have, of the sales force. Yes. Yeah. So we'll focus on STR and BDRs. We have a solid career progression plan in place. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we actually analyze their numbers on a quarterly basis to understand where they are in the progression, continuously have conversations with sales to ensure that there are positions ready for them when they're right. ready. And then Being proactive, they. like you were saying before. Yes, be yeah. proactive. And then also move people based on performance not time and seat because that totally right that's how you drive a high performance um environment and you promote the best of the best without losing them well it also i think gives a lot more flexibility for who you hire when you could have somebody who who is at a different position in a different company comes in really blows it away as an sdr or bdr and then is an AE, you know assuming you have space for them etc in a more timely manner that fits their career path as opposed to somebody right out of college you have to nurture them along a little bit they might be in that position for a little bit longer before they eventually get to the same place. That's exactly it. Yeah. And honestly, I have to say that we didn't figure this out from the beginning. <laughs> we, learned, we learned through, again, data. Yeah. Um, our exit interviews, we were losing people at 12 months. Uh -huh. And they were going to be in AE somewhere else. And we said, all right, something's wrong with our process. Right. What we're are we doing wrong? High potentials. Yeah. We can't, we got to stop this. Stop the madness. And <laughs> thank God we work with some amazing executives here that we could all come together and say, all right, Let's let's re let's reconfigure this because it's yeah. no longer relevant, and we want to keep high potential. Totally. Well, and I think I, I said this before we started recording. I wasn't going to toot the size sense horn too much since this is an all this is all size sense episode here. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's something I've, I found pretty refreshing about this place is that everybody's really upfront to admit when the process wasn't that great, and then we did some stuff to fix it. Like Domino's did a, a commercial series a while ago where they're like, "Hey, our pizza wasn't that good, and we fixed it." Like Sisense, really, we, we eat our own pizza here, and we I really like it. we're fixing it. It's it's or we fixed it. It's real good now. Like, <laughs> I love it. Domino's. I don't know. I haven't had a Domino's pizza. To, haven't taken them up on it. All right. Let's keep going. We talked a lot about you know making sure that diversity was where we wanted in the organization, and talked about intergenerational stuff. Let's let's sort of double back on that one last time. We're sort of coming to the end here. We got a few more questions left. So how do you how do you use analytics to you know, keep a finger on the pulse of the organization, especially with regards to, like we were talking about, millennials, diversity, you know, making sure we have the, the representation that we want in the organization, and generational stuff, uh, gender lines, et cetera. What, talk, talk to me about that. Talk to us about that. Yes. Uh, so as we mentioned before, we also use a system called Culture Amp. Yes. Um, and this is what we use to basically keep that pulse on our um, on our organization. So basically what we do is we have an employee engagement survey mm -hmm. we send out. Mm -hmm. um, and then that those are our pulse checks to see, you know, what's happening in the organization. Um, we have different questions that are that are about, you know, the culture, the leadership, mm -hmm. your management, your how you feel specifically. Yes. Yeah. Um, Do you feel appreciated? Exactly. Um, and with that, CultureAmp does an amazing job uh -huh. of slicing and dicing all of this information um, because we're putting information from Bamboo into CultureAmp. Okay. So we're getting age, we're getting... Um, tenure, we're getting gender, we're getting um, information based on, you know, what departments they're from. Yeah. So if we see that there's a low engagement score, you know, let's say we take the SDR department and the age is 
Right, your 25s yeah. to 30s are really happy, but your 35s to 40s are not. Exactly. Yeah. There's an issue. Um, right. So we need have to figure out, you know, what's going on there. So it's just a good way to slice and dice all of that information sure. um, and make sure that we are keeping that pulse on our Also to add to that is we are looking at improving our HRIS systems and how we track information because I think it's what's really critical is to make sure who are you attracting like we talked about before are you if you're attracting diverse talent great are we retaining them because that's such a key component and looking at generational whether it be Millennials um, and so forth and looking at gender ethnicity looking at the gap like if we're if we're closing that gap great we just have to make sure that we don't start losing that that's really really critical oh yeah totally you don't want to be you know one step forward two steps back yeah we're, we're tracking all this stuff for a reason exactly so we want to be focused on our goals that's exactly yeah. it and if you I'll actually give you an example Do it. Uh, with data how you can turn around and say wait oh my god there's an issue here oh my gosh it's getting real <laughs> so folks at a prior organization that's ISIS, um I had I had started a role and there were some issues so I wanted to understand so I really did a deep data dive mm -hmm. and said all right and it's really interesting through the data dive what I found out was there was our developers were primarily I would say 95 96% Asian males on visas and I'm like what is going on here that's an issue like you, there's no diversity there really interest by just that one data point I was able to drill down and really understand what was happening and what was happening was we were hiring the wrong skill set mm. we were we were mandating that the person have experience masters two years of experience master's degree um, for a developer role in mm -hmm. which they weren't coding it was drag and drop Oh my gosh. So what, Behind the curtain. It's crazy. Yeah. So what ended up happening was the company, number one, you're paying almost double. You're paying the visa cost. That's an issue. Diversity issues. Right. Um, and honestly, they were disengaged. You had people who were yeah. over overqualified for their role. So overall, it's a loose situation. But with one, that's how critical data is. And that's why it should be used all the time because just in a large, it was a large organization. And right. of Things course, something like that can get lost. And it just, and obviously it's gonna impact the program at some point. Right. Because you have a group of disengaged people, right? And they, they had a critical job. Yeah. This wasn't a job that wasn't important. It's just, there was a ripple effect by hiring the wrong skill set. Well, and they're gonna go to the next job and it's like, well, what did you do for the last two years? Like, well, I dragged stuff around. And like, well, you have a master's degree. What are you doing? <laughs> like, it's, it's weird, man. I had a, it's, it's a whole thing. So that's cool. So you were, Ultimately, making sure that the people who end up in this job are better for better suited for it too. So that's I view that as a win-win. Absolutely. Neat. All right. Best and worst things about H this is lightning round. Best and worst things about HR analytics and the rise of data in the HR field. So from my perspective, uh -huh. I think it can be amazing, as I've stated sure. so far. You made a strong um, case for it so far. It can, <laughs> but it can be a double-edged sword because if you rely too heavily mm -hmm. on it and you forget about the human touch then forget about it. Because data, like you said, data can sometimes be your enemy. You know, totally. you can manipulate data. Absolutely. So as long as you use it for what it's worth and that's yeah. to provide you with insights and then you jump in and you solve for it, right. you're good. Or you dump, you use it to monitor or, you know, keep a pulse. Yes. For all the things we've been talking about yeah. to monitor performance and so forth, it can be fantastic. Just don't rely too heavy on it. Sure. And do not take the human element out of it. Yeah, don't miss the forest for the trees here is I think what I'm hearing. Paulina, best and worst about metrics and, and HR analytics in the age of data. <laughs> or what do you hate about it? You be real here. You're I don't among hate friends. About it. I don't wow. hate it. Wow. Okay. 
Paulina, like numbers. Paulina coming out. Paulina coming out strong to say that HR analytics has just made her life totally better. I'm totally into it. That's cool. I mean, cool. it's it's definitely different for me because uh -huh. it's not something that I ever used before. I came from a company that didn't rely on analytics whatsoever. Mm. Um, it was very everything was very archaic. Everything was very paper, and it was just wow. We never used analytics. So coming to SciSense and see, it basically opened my eyes because I was just like, wow, you can cool. do a lot with data. Um, and it was just something that I'd never been exposed to before. So I can't wait to see, you know, where I can take it from here. Nita, I love that. That's great. That's a big win story. And then last question. <laughs> this is you all paying it forward to your, to your fellows in the world of HR professions. What is something that every HR professional should know about the way HR analytics is changing the field, that they want to be a savvy professional and kind of, you know, make their career? You can't shy away from it. Sure. Um, embrace it. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so corny, and I said it before, but the reality is know your numbers. You have to know your numbers. You'll be respected for it, but I don't think there's any way around it. Um, you, you're going to lose respect if you can't speak to it. I dig it. Strong words. Strong words to end on, Paulina. Last final thoughts. Your voice is your voice is valued here. Um, I mean, I, w I would say the same. I would say cool. to embrace it. Yeah, yeah. You, there's a lot of things that you can do with analytics that you might not think that you can do with it, but um, definitely embrace it and uh -huh. have fun with it also because there's a lot of things that you. Like I said before, like there's a lot of things that you can slice and dice information in different ways to find solutions or yeah, whatever, whatever you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. You might not even be looking for something and you'll be able to find something. So just, yeah, have fun. With yeah, it. embrace it. Have fun. We had fun here today. Can you believe they paid us to do this? <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you both so much for being on the pod, and we'll be, you. you'll be hearing this live, uh, recorded sometime later this month. And I had a lot of fun today, so. Thank Talk to you. you real soon. All right, bye, everybody.